And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaker Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Uh, Canada beat Slovenia this morning. Go Canada. 189. Uh, Shea was unbelievable <laughs> in this game. He was so good. He finished with 31 points, 10 boards, 4 assists, only 1 turnover, 2 fouls, 8 of 12 from the field. 12 shots, yeah, and- 31 points, 16 free throws. He was 14 and 16 from the line. Just unbelievable. And even though uh, he has been kind of blowing up in the third quarters, which he did again, this was kind of like a complete performance. I mean, yeah. from the jump, like in that first quarter, I think he started off 4-4, or four, and they were all like tough turnaround jumpers in the mid-range. Like it was it was insane. He almost reminded me of Kawhi. Not like they, they play much differently, but you know those times when Kawhi will just be taking tough shot after tough shot and they're all going in. It's just yeah. like, how do you stop this guy? Yeah. Like that that's how it felt in that first quarter. Yeah. His defender, he had two fouls. His defender fouled him twice within like the first like three minutes of the game. And it was like, okay, this is the kind of kind of time it's gonna be for Slovenia. And well, of course, that's because FIBA was paid off, as uh, as Luca let us know. He was doing the money symbol. <laughs> the, the what, officials. It, it's it's funny watching him in FIBA because they 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 didn't put up with his crap today. They didn't allow him to just whine and complain at them. Like they just they gave him a quick tech, and then they ejected him uh, in the second half. That you know, Slovenia's already down big. He's frustrated. He gets fouled and he complains and he gets ejected. And that's funny. It's the same thing happened with Dylan Brooks, but Dylan's more of like taunting, just screaming, yelling pretty much the entire game. Uh, the, cra- <laughs> the crowd hates him. Um, but the Luca stuff is interesting just because you just wonder what is that stuff ever going to stop or is it ever going to like no. tamper down a little bit? Because I, it, it obviously hurt Slovenia today, you know, and not that they would have won the game had he stayed in, but like it's just I don't know. Like, what is is there ever no, he, enough it, is enough for him, or is it? This I is feel just like how there's like exists? a Lucas cycle where he will 
stop for a little while and then there'll be some puff piece about how like Luca's refocusing and he understands that it yeah, can be an issue. Definitely. And then you wait a couple months and he's like just as bad as he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, he's insufferable. I can't stand Luca. He is so annoying because he just, it's, it's every single play and it goes beyond just normal complaints because he yeah. is, Literally looking at the box, according to people who were tweeting, he's looking at the box where the FIBA, uh, FIBA officials are and like taunting them directly, or I guess not taunting them, but like complaining that like th- that this is like some conspiracy against him. I don't know what else he would be complaining about. Why is he looking at them? And that part, I mean, I guess the only scenario would be that Canada, the literal country, is paying FIBA off because otherwise it's like, why would FIBA want Canada like Luca's a bigger star than Shea like if Luca was in the finals that would be a huge deal yeah how does it benefit them to screw over probably like the most recognizable player in the tournament right makes no sense God, he's uh, annoying Miguel Devella who is who's at this game today um uh, he's actually commenting from the arena right now uh Ooh, live we have a live reporter <laughs> a live on reporter location. Miguel Devella on location Says that Luca was at it with a fan too during the game. So unsurprising. And you know, I I wanted to like hold off on any like, hey, Shea is definitely like the best player in this tournament, you know, all of that commentary. Because Luca's in there. And Luca's shown, you know, he's made it to the Western Conference Finals. He's done a lot of Absolutely. things in his NBA career. He he hasn't, you know, Shea hasn't shown the same level of success as an NBA player yet. But he was undeniably the best player on the court today. Like, Luca's, was. Luca was good, but it was, Shea was competing so hard on both ends and, like, gluing this Team Canada together as Luca's kind of falling apart toward the end of this. And Team Canada is a much better squad, top to bottom, than Slovenia is. But the you way that he just came with, uh, apart was bad. Hmm? You weren't impressed with Prepolich? I mean, they have some impressive shooters for sure. But- yeah, that was actually the most impressive thing about Canada is that in that this this felt like their most complete performance, not just Shea, but like the whole team. Because when a team's shooting like 60% from three against you in the first half, like it would be understandable if you started getting frustrated yeah. just because it's so ridiculous. It's like, how can we keep up with this team? This is stupid. And for them to just like stay with it, you didn't really see any frustration. They were just like very calm that entire first quarter, ended it tied, and then came out in the third quarter, and eventually those shots stopped falling for Slovenia, and they just turned it on. Uh, that That was super impressive too, just like their attitude throughout the entire game because – what Slovenia was doing early in that game was just, it was an avalanche. It was like, this has to end at some point, yeah. right? It was really fun to watch. Like that first half where they they tied 50-50 at half, and it was really fun, just like up and down. And But yeah, it did, it did definitely have the feel of like an NBA game where it was like, okay, whatever team it is is super hot, and you eventually, you know, regress to the mean and they did and and although they still shot 48 percent from three so like it was still a very very good game very good game yeah but they hit 10 of those threes in the first half and only five in the second half mm-hmm. yeah i mean and team canada had you know Nikhil was really good 
in this game, I thought, on both ends. Yeah, he RJ, was. RJ Barrett, when he was going to the hoop, was really good. <laughs> um, he could be yeah, thank such, you for clarifying. He is such a weird player. He's he's so underwhelming because you see him and it's like, oh my gosh, he is so big. He's huge. He, is, he looks so strong. And for someone that size to be dribbling the way he does, you're like, man, this guy must be the best player. Like if you didn't know, like if you're just watching this game, but he can just be so underwhelming, except like you said, when he's going to the hoop, that seems to be when he, everything just kind of comes together for him. He had a couple like really nice dunks. And there are moments when he, when he moves on the catch and is moving towards the basket where he looks really fluid and really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some of the, three-pointers he was taking or sometimes when he's in isolation and trying to do anything from mid-range it's just like pass it please yeah it felt like he took 50 shots in this game anytime he like starts to quote-unquote go to work I'm yeah like, rj please stop <laughs> no, 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 no. yeah it's uh you know it's not as bad as like darius Baisley was but it, it had similar vibes to whenever like Baisley's like you you knew when Bays got the ball at the top of the key and he started he took like three dribbles and you knew in his head he's like it's Baisley time, you know it's like same with RJ where it's just like okay please please don't do this and Shea kind of feeds him and kind of lets him do his thing a little bit you know he took ten more shots ten more field goal attempts than Shea in this game yeah and it works because Shea is so efficient yeah like he is so specific in every single shot that he is going to take the fact that he was. He scored 31 points tonight on 12 shots. <laughs> and granted, he got to the line, you know, he was 14 to 16 from the line. But even the shots that he was taking and making, like those were all like really difficult shots, but also just real like he was choosing them. He wasn't getting forced into any of those shots. Yep. It was him deciding. It was him dictating the play every single time. Yeah. He was totally in control and, you know, push Canada. Um to the next round they are going to play um who are they playing uh, uh, not us serbia USA. serbia serbia yeah they're gonna they play serbia who and, really took it to lithuania in the game yesterday so and usa plays uh germany who USA almost germany. lost to davis berton's game winner could have been this this could have been a double pod we couldn't on the first half on Davis. We might have just had to go live after that shot went down. <laughs> if he had made that shot. That was impressive. I mean, he got he got to it. It and you know, I'm sure there's a ton of fear <laughs> in the hearts and minds of every German player and fan as that as he gets to his spot and rises up. It's like, oh my gosh, we're gonna lose. Uh, yeah. Dennis Schroeder just almost shot them out of this game. Um, everybody else for Germany was really good today, but Schroeder, what did he take? He took a ton of shots today. Uh, let's see. Schroeder. Yeah, 4 of 26 today. Wow. 26 shots is a lot in FIBA. <laughs> so many in FIBA. And he I shot mean, they, they so could poorly. definitely beat the U.S. if he's not shooting 4 of 26. Yeah, I mean, they're really, they've been really tough. They've been really, really tough. And Franz Wagner's back. He was really good and efficient. 16 points on eight shot attempts in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got a really experienced squad. So uh, Davis today had 20 points on 14 shots, six of 13 from three in this one. 
So uh, shout out to Bertans. And uh, now we, I mean, this is lining up to where it's pretty possible to see a USA-Canada final on Sunday, uh, which is what everybody wants, you know. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Bogdanovich is the one who blew up for Serbia in the last game. Mm-hmm. And you have to think, like with Brooks and Dort, like they have two defenders who are kind of built to to mess with him yeah. and hopefully keep him under 25 points because he was like scorching hot in that game. Um, so we'll see if it's a good matchup or not. Jovic didn't have a, a huge game in their most recent game, but he's been playing really well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Canada, it feels like finally everything is starting to like all coalesce for them. Because even when they were winning earlier in the tournament, it was like, oh, this, you know, their opponents aren't that great. Or they would kind of stink it up for the first half and then finally turn it on in the third quarter. Um, This game felt like them putting it all together against a good opponent and against, you know, a really good player in Luka. Yeah, I would not have been surprised if they lost today. I would not no, I mean, I was honestly kind of expecting it just based on how they've kind of been up and down. Yeah, I think that's a fair expectation. I think that is totally fair. And for them to deliver in the way they did was very impressive, I thought. I was really shocked to see them. I didn't think it would... I thought this was going to be a single-digit game. But really, because of Shea and then Luca just kind of coming apart emotionally in this game, like it led to Canada winning by 11. So, um, And Shea, we should mention, he was also really big on the boards, especially at the end of that game when, yeah. you know, Luca gets ejected and they're down by a ton at that point. And then Slovenia kind of makes a game out of it or starts to make a game. They're like bordering on making it a game. They're like a team like, again, basically, without... Yeah, because it was kind of hovering. They got it back to around 10 points. And... uh and Shea just had like numerous rebounds that were really important for them. Um, he ended up playing 36 minutes in that game, which is means he only sat less than four minutes. Yeah. These are 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of like the the 10 minute quarters. The 10 minute quarters, the fast paced game, like very few yeah. commercials. There's just so there was a lot to like <laughs> about the game watching experience today. Yeah, I wonder if they like take a cue from like soccer because you know it's similar that, that you don't just don't it's continuous play and there's no commercials yeah but yeah it's really nice like i kept waiting for a break because i had to like go get dressed and like outside of halftime yeah like, there just wasn't really a lot of time to do anything like you're just kind of locked in it's great nice it was really yeah. nice i loved it i've enjoyed every fiba game i've gotten to sit and watch um i've tried to have it on like in the background in the mornings uh, almost every day like getting to sit and watch the game like you feel like you're watching the game you know the whole time it was great uh dylan brooks was also ejected in this one Uh, yeah (laughs) golly man he's a good player dylan is but it's and it's i mean and it's why the grizzlies were just like yeah under no circumstances are we bringing this guy back you know they said that under no circumstances is he coming back to this team. And it's all up here. It's all personality. It's all like emotional intelligence stuff that he just doesn't have. And that was on full display today. On the flip side, like you kind of see why he could benefit a team like Houston as opposed to Memphis. Like if you're not 
a team like Memphis, who's trying to make deep playoff runs every year. I mean, that's their goal at this point. Like those negative aspects of Dylan Brooks are much more detrimental to you than they will be to a team like Houston, who is just trying to, you know, if they could win close to 30 games, they would be, that would be a significant improvement. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, so like, feel like even watching him today, I mean, he did have some really good, in, in fact, I thought when Luca was off ball, when Luca like didn't bring the ball up, Dylan Brooks did a really nice job of kind of trying to deny him the ball and just mm-hmm. making it tough for him to even get into his offense. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like that contract. I'm not a Dylan Brooks fan, but I like, I can see how he makes more sense for a team like Houston than he would for a team like Memphis. And why the negative aspects of him would be so annoying if you're a team like Memphis. We're like, you're just ready to win and have a guy like that who could just destroy you at any moment based on what he's doing on the court. Like that would be way more frustrating for them than a team like Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Why did the whole arena hate hate Dylan Brooks? How how is the Dylan Brooks hate traveled? Our uh, reporting from the arena, Miguel Develas said the whole arena hated Dylan Brooks, even Canadians. (laughs) It's it's funny because I'm just kind of used to what he does. And honestly, in comparison to Luca, like it just doesn't phase me as much anymore because it's it's not like it's not complaining as much as it's just like taunting or, or just being very satisfied with himself after like a made shot. So it honestly doesn't bother me as much as Luca complaining, but yeah, it definitely seemed like everyone hated Dylan Brooks. Uh, yeah, everybody hates him. The, the hate has traveled. So, yeah, and at least in this setting, he is he is uh, embracing it. Uh, Tyler Nevins, who's not at the game, says that he thinks that Dylan Brooks's dad was at the game booing him as well. So, oh wow, so wow. Even, even has family ties to to the boo. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I think it's 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 whatever. I I'm not sure that I I don't know that Dylan Brooks can like necessarily like buoy your defense up um single handedly. Um which is kind of what they need him and Fred VanVleet to do. It's like, hey, take this awful putrid defense and just like make us good. And I just don't think that, that is gonna be super possible. It's gonna really be it's gonna be on the young guys for Houston to get better. And those guys yeah. can compliment. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with Shingun. Um, because it feels like a lot of pressure is going to be on him as well. Uh, just from the sense like Udoka isn't going to give him a free pass. Um, not even that St- Steven Silas did give him a free pass. I mean, <laughs> he clearly didn't play him as much as Rockets fans wanted him to. Yeah. But I, I think... Uh, Rockets fans might be in for a little like a rude awakening with how Yudoka handles it. Yeah. Cause I don't think it's going to necessarily be that different if he continues to play defensively like he has. I think he's going to make need to make it. I mean, he's never going to be an amazing defender, but he needs to get better. Dude, but if he's 7 2 by now, who knows? Who knows? He might still be growing. We still have a few, uh, we have another month left. Yeah, we got the a month of, of still growth time to grow. Yeah, he's going to get. Seven five, maybe, maybe that's the same. Maybe who knows? Did who knows? Did you see what time the the next game is? The next Canada game is? Huh. Well, I saw William Liu, uh, Raptors fan, tweet that it was four forty five his time, which he's in Toronto. Yeah, three. Which means that it's one forty five my time and two forty or three forty five your time. 
<sighs> that's going to be a tough one. Uh, that's, uh, is that Friday? Um, let's see. That is Thursday. Thursday. That's tomorrow? Well. I don't think that's right. It's got to be Friday. It says it right? right here. But maybe, I think it's, is it different because it's in a, hold on. It does say Thursday, September 7th. Okay. Oh, well, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, Friday. Yeah. It's Friday. Those are the uh those are the the bad the teams that lost. Yep. Yeah, Friday. So yeah, it's not ideal. But maybe it'll be over by the fry pot and we can break it down. True. And then USA so. starts at five forty AM my time. Okay. So seven forty. That's a little more reasonable. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like I think they probably want to put the US in that spot to get more yeah. eyes on it. So Makes sense. Um, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about Shea. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And we're back after that quick break. Al, does this tournament run make you think any differently about Shea? Um, not really. It's more of just like... Uh, proof that what he does kind of works in any setting and i don't i don't want to say this is like a playoff preview but these are certainly like more important games than most of the games shea has played for the oklahoma city thunder i mean this game today was probably the most important game he's ever played in yeah and the last game where they needed to win against spain to make the olympics like yeah. that was probably the second most important game yep. or maybe even the most important game because i, I th- feel like that was like the main goal of this tournament for canada mm-hmm. um so yeah to see it working on that stage i never doubted that that would be the case but to see it actually happen and and to not it's not just like Shea's having like a a good Shea game. Like this was a very very good Shea game. Yeah, a very very good Shea game. Crazy efficient. Where he was crazy yeah. efficient in control from start to finish. Like never really saw him get frustrated or even really get bothered in any way. He's just hooping. Um, just hooping. Now I don't know if Slovenia. I I, I don't know anything about their non Luca players, so you know maybe that contributed to it yeah you know they might not be a very good defensive team this is really my first time watching slovenia they're clearly not Um, a very good defensive team yeah so you know it's going to get harder um but for the first time i felt like okay maybe this team could win this tournament um like if they keep playing like this they i think they will be the best team in this tournament Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be hard though because you really need everyone chipping in I mean, even at in that first half, I mean, you're getting you got a couple threes from Dort, yeah, um, which was very nice. Mm-hmm. You got uh, a couple. I feel like you got a couple threes from Dylan Brooks. Yep. Um. So both of those guys were making their threes. Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um. He was three of six from three. Mm-hmm. So if those guys, who we don't traditionally think as like knockdown shooters, if those guys are coming in and hitting fifty percent of their threes, like Canada's going to win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to look a lot easier because they have everything else they need. Yeah. I was looking at the plus minus. Do you know who had the best plus minus on Canada? It's probably like Dylan Brooks or something. Kelly Olenek, plus 27. Hey, shout out. Shout out. Also, I'm looking at the uh, FIBA box score on the FIBA website, and they yeah. have a, a final column, EFF, which I'm assuming stands for efficiency, but I don't know what that corresponds to. SGA had a efficiency of 40 yeah. which is way higher than anyone else, but I don't know what it means. Huh. I'll have to look that up. Because, uh, yeah, that seems good. But yeah, I don't know but the yeah go, going back to Shea, I, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised, but it's just awesome to see him doing it on this stage, um, especially now that we're at, the, we're at the point of this tournament where he's doing it against some of the other best players in the tournament. Mm-hmm. The fact that we got this head-to-head matchup with Luka and that 
he was clearly the best player in this specific matchup. Um, I mean, Luca's still. I, I mean, Luca has accomplished more. Luca is a better player up until now. But you watch a game like this, and you start wondering, like, is it that crazy that Shea could get to like Luca's level the way we think about Luca in the league? It doesn't seem as crazy. Uh, I don't think it's that crazy. I don't. I think that he is on his way there right now. And I think that we... Because that's the next step. As You can't go much higher than like first team All-NBA, you know, perennial All-Star, which you'll likely be going forward. But like that's the next step. Whatever you think, however you think about Luka in the league, where everyone, when they're listing out their top five players, they'll either include Luca or at least say like, and Luca's right there. Mm-hmm. Like that's the next step. That's the only other place to go really. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's where we're headed. And I think the only thing that has slowed people to get there is essentially that Luca plays for a team with a lot of veterans and Shea plays with a, on a team with a lot of really young players. And as the team gets older and more experienced and more cohesive, I think you can make the case that it's not, crazy that Shea like surpasses Luca and this Thunder team is just thought of way higher because I do I've been skeptical just also just because you never want to make that jump until you can actually see it but I think Shea can be the best player on a championship level team uh, especially when he's surrounded with the proper talent Um, I think that's totally possible uh, for him Uh, the efficiency number is points plus yeah. rebounds plus assists plus steals plus blocks minus field goals minus missed free throws and minus turnovers. Oh, that's why it's so high. So, yeah. So, yeah, minus Seems- miss, missed field goals, missed free throws, and turnovers. Yeah. Now, R.J. Barrett had the uh, second highest, which makes me already dubious of this stat Yeah, uh, that they have made up, but whatever. Yeah, it's just an efficiency stat. So, yeah. But yeah, big time game from Shea. What what what'd you think of uh what'd you think of Dort? Uh he looked like Dort. Yeah, he did. I don't I mean there's not much else to say. Like he played well on defense. He was hounding him. He was hounding him. Uh he made his threes, which is good. And then like he turned the ball over in a maddening way. And he you know, he did draw a foul, get into the hoop. That was good, but yeah. Although if he hadn't have gotten the foul, it, w- it didn't look like it was going anywhere good. So uh, he, it looked like a classic Dort drive. Yeah, you know? and then he had that other one where he started driving. He was like going to work on the perimeter, and then immediately fell down and lost the ball, but yeah. was able to like save it by getting it to Shea. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, I mean, uh, he looks like Dort, and like the thing is that as his team gets better and better, like Dort's a perfectly fine rotation player. You know? uh, folks in the chat, am I frozen or is Andrew frozen? Am I frozen? I can't be frozen. Oh, you're back now. You're okay. back now. Um, I was just saying that he's a perfectly fine rotation player. You know, he doesn't need to, like, get all that much better in order to, like, be a rotation player. I think that he is a rotation player already. And with the amount of, like, picks and everything coming in, he may get knocked down on the totem pole by some guys. You know, whether that be yeah. Mitzich this year or Kaysen Wallace, either now or in the future. Um, you know, yeah, I, th- I think what was, oh, here comes Andrew. 
Hello. I have no idea what happened, but I'm back. I switched us. Okay. Um, welcome back, Andrew. Anyway, shout out to Dort. I uh, still still like Dort, and you know I still looks, like Dort, but fine. like I'm watching a game like that. That is kind of the setting that we would hope Dort would be in for the Thunder, where he's like not any of the like top four offensive options. Totally. And yet, I wasn't blown away. Like even in that smaller role, I didn't feel like Dort's strengths were like accentuated necessarily. Yeah. He still looked like Dort. He's just taking slightly fewer shots. I don't know. And, and that in and of itself is a good thing. But I don't necessarily think that just because he's getting fewer shots means that the shots he's going to be taking are going to be better necessarily he's still going to take dort shots they'll just take fewer of them i mean and but that's like that's what you want though right i mean dort he took four shots it is but that player isn't a 17 million dollar a year player like a a guy who's i mean in this game like how many minutes he played he played 21 minutes like at that point you're just talking about like a defensive player Mm -hmm. who occasionally hit threes yeah. And I, like, I mean that's that's not he he that's not what he's going to be in the regular season though. Like he's going to take more shots in the regular season and probably score like 14 points a game. No way. No way. What do you mean no way? That that'd be terrible. If Dort is shooting enough to get to 14 points a game, that is terrible for the Thunder. <laughs> terrible. With, with with the other guys on this roster for him to take enough shots to score 14 points a game. What if it's what did he do last year? He did 13.7. That's 14 points is more than he did last year. He was 13.7 on almost 12 shots a game. If he's yeah. still taking 12 shots a game, adding in Chet, that's not good. <sighs> what if he takes nine shots a game? It's not. What if he takes nine shots? Fine. You good with Fine. nine? That's, that's a, de- that's a 25% decrease. Yeah. Uh, from 12 to nine. What if he scores 14 points on nine shots, though? Whoa! Then his efficiency rating would go through the roof. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think um, he's going to have a decreased role. I think that that, that's been on the way for a while. And probably would have been there. I know, but it's just the more... Probably would have been there last year. I agree. It's just like the more we talk about this because we've we've been talking about this for a while like he'll have this decreased role i'm just starting to think like how much smaller can it get before he's just not offering you a ton of value like i think his the, point of attack defense the, is is extremely valuable i think his point of attack defense if, is extremely valuable like 20 minutes per night valuable yeah maybe yeah 20 to 30 depending on the matchup because there will be matchups where he'll need to play 30-plus minutes per game. And then yeah. there, I think there will be matchups where he needs to play 20 minutes. You know, I think you can start using him as more of like a utility player than somebody who is playing like 30-plus minutes every single night. I know. I don't disagree with that. It's just starting to think about like that in context of his contract, which it doesn't really matter because like they it, they have plenty of room. So... It's not that, but yeah, it's not that much um, though. I mean, and it's going to look like hardly anything by the time that 
his contract's up as the cap continues to increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean, it's really not not that big. Uh, and he's young, and he still could get better. I, I wouldn't, like, ha- I don't have high expectations for Dort to get a whole lot better than he is now, but he is valuable, and the coaching staff really values him. I know the team really values him, too. Um, so he'll play. And he he proved his value um, in all those games we talked about at the end of the season where they just needed somebody to step up. And he looked like one of four players that wasn't scared <laughs> to be on the floor. Right. Um, and those guys are just valuable. And he, you know, played a, played a, a not a big offensive role, but a big defensive role uh, today against Slovenia. And had to be matched up against Luca at times, and he he played well enough, and so I have no concerns about Dort, but he did, wasn't like incredible. I, no, I don't have concerns. It's more just like I feel like his future on the Thunder is an inevitability of what's going to happen, and we're just kind of delaying that. And I I do think eventually like he will get phased out of this of this rotation. I don't think know if it's going to happen this year. But I just well, it's, think not, it's not happening this year. But no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. Like Kaysen would have to come in and be like incredible right out of the gate. But I, I, I just have become more and more dubious about him long term on the Thudder, just because I Thudder Thudder, uh, just because I think that there's other players on this roster who could potentially offer more value than Dort long term. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I honestly think that's kind of the hope, right? Is that yeah, you have all of your players that are like high level decision makers like good to decent shooters can do a lot with the with with the ball in their hands like that's the dream and dort doesn't necessarily fit all of those traits um but he but i i think mark would shed some tears if dort was gone cuz i do think like the competitive nature piece is at such a high level compared to even a lot of the guys on this Thunder team that he really helps lift that. And like Kenrich is another guy who lifts the competitive nature of the Thunder team in general. Like when they see Dort playing the way he does, it helps kind of lift everybody up. And so like there's definitely like some intangible pieces of what Lou does that helps the team too outside of like stats and shooting efficiency and stuff like that. You know, which, mm-hmm. which all could definitely be improved, but, but yeah, I mean, if Casey Wallace comes in and plays, you know, in the next two or three years, like a starting level player, and you can play him, like if you, and it's not necessarily ideal in my opinion. I would kind of rather him be an off the bench guy, and if if I were to like say, hey, how do you replace Dort in the starting lineup? I would want it to be a forward. Like, I would want to bring in, like, a big defensive ball handling shooting forward, which sounds like yeah. an all-star. <laughs> but, like, that's the way that I'd want to replace him in the lineup is with, like, a guy where you can shift everybody down where it's, like, Shane, Giddy are the backcourt. J-Dub is the yeah. wing. Yeah. And then, like, you have this another, like, a little bit bigger versatile wing next to Chet rather than pushing Giddy to the four. Or I right. guess J Dub to the four, Giddy to the three, Shade to the two, and then whoever, you know, Kaysen or Mitsich or whoever. So yeah. I would like to have another versatile wing. 
So that would be that would be very nice. Do you have well, any targets? Uh, mostly Poku. You said you liked uh, R.J. Barrett. You wanted to. Trade I'm a, <laughs> I heard R.J. Barrett can be had. <laughs> he probably could. Uh, probably could. Uh, you know, ideally it's Poku. You know. Ideally, it's Poku. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure. If if that happened, it would be. Wouldn't that be a lot Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't Wouldn't you just Wouldn't everything in life just feel better if that was Poku? Uh, yeah. It's just like when I think about if if down three years from now, if if you're replacing Dort and what he brings to the starting lineup, um, I, I mean, the the main thing I think about with Dort is like defensive versatility. Yeah. And that is not necessarily what I think of when I think of Poku. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but this year, perimeter lockdown Poku. Honestly, like the candidate to be that that's on the team now is Jang. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Jang is actually the guy that we were probably talking about. Jang actually is pretty good defensively. If if you remember last year in the preseason and like when we were doing season preview stuff, when we talked about Jang, we talked about his defense first. And Mark talked and, and, and Mark talked about it too. Mark talked about how he understood the defensive schemes so quickly before everybody else. He said that in training camp last year. And I would say specifically his defense on the perimeter. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's where he's at his best. Yeah. So yeah, he he probably is that more than even Kaysen. Yeah. If, if you're if you're thinking down the road, who could potentially slot into the starting lineup? It probably would be Jang if he can, you know, not even hit his ceiling, but just hit. Hit like a middle outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also think it's hard to. We may be underrating Kaysen a little bit um, in like all of our conversations, just because we haven't seen what it looks like with him on this team. We kind of did the same thing with J Dub before the season last year, just because we didn't really know what to do with him. Um, yeah, and you know our conversation. I think our conversations will quickly change. Um, you know, as we get into the season, just with the additions of. Chet, Misich, and Kaysen. It's just going to be like, oh, like this truly is a different team. Like you're throwing in three, what I think could be key rotation players into onto a team um, that needed a boost last year. So I, f- I forget that Misich is on this team like once a week. Yeah. I have to be reminded. Because he, he does stick out when you're starting, when you're looking over the roster. There's like, real oh, depth. Yeah, what, There's real depth what, there. What are they going to do with him? I cannot uh, wait to watch it. I cannot wait. And also can't wait to, uh, we talked about this on Tuesday or yesterday, I guess, but the new Jumbotron, you know? Yeah, it looks very rounded. Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah, um, yeah I think, you know, it's, it's cool that Mitzich doesn't even know that we had a lame Jumbotron before. You won't even have any I idea. I know, it's good. That would have been embarrassing. I would have been so embarrassed for him to see our Jumbotron with some of the lights out on it. Ugh. Gosh. He would have left instantly. I think that's why he, he I think that's why he decided to join the Thunder now. It's because maybe he had heard about it and said, I'm not coming to the Thunder until right. there's a new Jumbotron. I agree. Which makes I, I, the most sense. I can't wait to see the opening night rotation. Because yeah, I I feel like it's actually if we sat down and tried to predict it, I actually think it would be kind of easy. Yeah, but knowing how different the roster looked by the end of last season compared to game one, mm-hmm. 
and just knowing that whatever we see night one is going to change dramatically <laughs> over the course of the season, where that's not necessarily the case with every other team, because it, the difference yeah. with OKC and other teams is that a lot of team, a lot of other teams, their hands are always being forced by injuries. Yeah, where it feels like OKC, like things will happen without any injuries occurring, mm-hmm. and you'll see these like huge shifts in huge. the rotation um, from the beginning to the end. Well, Poku and Kenrich started game one last year. They did. Do you think they'll start? <laughs> Uh, game one this year. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> who, uh, who are you taking out? You taking out J Dub, J Dub, and you Chet. know what? Let's take out Chet because yeah, let's put Poku at the front. <laughs> what if Chet and J Dub came off the bench in favor of Poku and Kevin? Here's That'd and here's even more than night one. I am more excited to see what Mark does early in the season during these in-season tournament games because we have never seen the Thunder forced into a situation where it's like, hey, you actually have to win this game. For, and like, it actually means something if you win this game against the Golden State Warriors. So like, do you truly think give us your... Do you think teams are going to take those any differently though? I, I think so. I think a team like Oklahoma City will. I think a team like Oklahoma City will. Will the Warriors? I don't know. I don't know. But <sighs> if... If you're using that game to just be like, hey, let's, you know, let's just see what it looks like if we let Jang run seven possessions in the third quarter, you know? See, I, I think that's what they're going to do. Oh. I would actually be more shocked if they played like their Lakers lineup when when LeBron uh, passed the score. I would, I would be shocked if they did not run a real lineup. Really? Yes. Why? Why would, why would OKC, of all the franchises, care about this like brand new midseason tournament and these random like qualifying games. You want to be you want to go to Vegas. They don't. Yes, they do. Ever yes, they do. Yes, I, they do. I, I, well, I, I think I don't think you have a good read on the Thunder organization. <laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> this is like the exact kind of thing that they wouldn't care about and that we would be like, why are you playing, you know? Hey, we can complain about it when it happens, but I, I expect them to play real lineups in those games. Interesting. Um, That's my yeah, expectation. We'll uh, quick thoughts. I mean, on- I mean, there's still regular season games, so that that does make a difference. So, like, yeah, you, you mentioned the Warriors. Like, Steph's still going to play those games because they're still regular season games. Yeah. So it's sure. not like they're in addition to. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see though. So you think it's going to just, you know, they'll play one team one night and then they'll play like the Spurs in their first qualification game. And you think it'll be significantly different in terms of how Mark approaches it? I think it's possible. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> and I hope it so is. So you think like a, like a Doherty 40, 40 minutes for Dort? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's probably like Dort and Kenrich are like, it's they're playing like seven man rotation. <laughs> it's possible. Okay. I look forward to it. I can't wait. We'll see. I'm ex- I'm really excited about the midseason tournament. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, Lindy Waters. Uh, 28 minutes in the first qualification game. <laughs> He'll probably play all the two ways in a single lineup. Sar, do you, th- do you think that'll happen in a game this year? That both two ways will play. That all three two ways will play in a game at the same time. At the same time, in like, in it, one of those eight, games, in one of the. <laughs> Honestly, just in any game, I bet any game we'll see like a yes. two-way lineup. Yes, in any in any game, I would yes, I would bet that it will happen. 
Now, is there anyone else on the roster? Obviously, Dort was once upon a time a two-way. Is there anyone else on the roster who has once upon a time been a two-way? So that we could get a five-man two-way. Who? Wiggs. Oh, Wiggs. Okay, so there's the lineup. Yeah. Keontae, Saar, Lindy, Dort, Wiggins. That would be the two. We call it the two-man lineup. I mean the the two-way lineup. Two-way lineup. Yeah, I'm in on that. I think that's great because we we already have a bomber. We have multiple bomber lineups at this point. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. We need, we need some more lineups. I I challenge Mark to play the the two-way lineup at some point. Do it this season. Just do it already. Start start. You know what? Start the season with the two-way lineup. You know, I like how I've gone from being really annoyed that Mark like will play, you know, the 17th man <laughs> to now I'm just like, no, you're going to play. I want you to play all those players at the same <laughs> at the time. Same time. <laughs> Let's see how, how serious you are about this. Hey, but now your head can't explode when it happens. No, nothing. Nothing is going to surprise me this year. Yeah, that's good. I feel like that was for last year. I mean, the reason you would be surprised this year is because theoretically this is the season where they actually have expectations and they're making a push towards something whereas last year was more of a surprise so it, i think it'd be normal for a fan to think oh they're going to start taking the rotation a little bit more seriously they're gonna kind of tighten this thing up you know well, uh, that, but yeah i don't think that's gonna happen i don't think so either and, but, and i'm but, ready for it but year. they but they also have more good players than they did last year we think Pretty sure. We, we hope. I mean, Chet will be better. Chet for sure. But like, some of these guys are going to disappoint. Oh, without a doubt, it happens every year. Who's yeah. gonna, we'll have to maybe we'll have to give our uh, who's going to be the Trey Man nominations. You know, for season oh TV. yeah, that, that is true. There is kind of like a guy like that every season. Where yeah, it just like doesn't work out. And honestly. A lot of the time, it is is one of the guys that we're most excited about. I know, most hype about. It's it's really true. Just scary, scary. But also, sometimes guys are great and awesome. Yeah, maybe they'll all be good. They'll all hit their ceiling. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. All right, Al, you got to go. I got to go. I uh, hope you guys are having an awesome Wednesday. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, hopefully, we're talking about a Team Canada win. On Friday, that would be great, and then a, also a Team USA win on Friday, so that we can see them in the finals on Sunday. Yeah, uh, that's what we all want. That's all we all want. All right, I uh, hope you guys have an awesome day. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.